All right, folks, welcome to this week's Doc Plus Pod. Yes. I'm Johan. I'm Vincent Briscoe. If you didn't if you didn't know that by now, three months into this baby. Um, <laughs> we're extremely pleased and frankly honored to be joined by a very, very cool person uh, you might have seen uh, in uh, the fourth episode of How To With John Wilson, which we've been talking about incessantly for the last couple of weeks. Um, yes. His name is Ron. And um, we'll 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 let we'll let Ron talk a little bit about uh, the work he does. How's it going, Ron? It's going very well. Testy, testy, one, two, three. <laughs> Levels You're are looking good. immaculate, looking frosty. <laughs> very good. Well, you want me to talk about me? I'm Ron Lau, and I run a company called TLC Tugger Foreskin Restoration, which helps men undo their circumcisions. And our efforts came to the attention of John Wilson, the documentary filmmaker. Uh, he contacted me through his associate producer, Clark Filio, about a month before we actually had our shooting day. So as much as you might think the whole show looks like an accident of him wandering around the street and discovering things, right? Uh, at least the segments that sort of uh, cap each episode with some, you know, this is where this led to, those always seem to involve some planning. And in, in our case, for sure. I mean, in fact, uh, you look at the guy he spoke to just before me, a guy in New York who runs a charity called Intaction. And part of that is this billboard truck he outfitted with museum quality exhibits about circumcision and the harms of circumcision. So in the show, you see him talk to this guy and he says, and this guy told me about this other guy in Chicago. So I got on a plane. Well, I happen to know that he did talk to that guy, but it was like a month before he filmed him. Gotcha. Because... He got my name from that guy and, and then contacted me and arranged the filming. And when he got to film me, he says, yeah, we just shot your friend yesterday. Oh, wow. So it, it may look like he just happened upon that guy with his camera rolling, but really he, he arranged to meet that guy on that day at that place. So I hate to, uh, you know, <laughs> pull the cloak away, but John Wilson uh, is a great documentary filmmaker and has a lot of sort of found stuff just from leaving his camera rolling. But, it also requires a lot of work and planning and he's obviously incredible at it. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's actually a great place for us to start because um, like, do you're aware of the planning that takes place and the audience isn't. And, you know, does that even for you, like as a viewer, does that change anything for you as a participant? Are you like, does it bother you that it, it is that kind of planned out or, does that make you feel even better or safer even in your own portrayal? Yeah. I mean, I, I just have to believe that most of the show is, is this stuff that he just finds, you know, a rat carrying a piece of pizza down some stairs. But yeah, obviously you don't have a camera set up in somebody's house, uh, without them knowing you're there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and there's lots of that in this show. <laughs> you know, the, the people who are showing off their well-preserved furniture, for example. Yeah. Yeah. They had to know he was coming. He didn't just barge in and say, do you happen to have furniture with plastic covers on it? Of course. Of course. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I really enjoy the show so much. I've become a huge fan of it. Maybe I'm biased because I'm on it, but <laughs> I love, love, love this show. I'm going to watch all the episodes again. I know. Um, but obviously He's a genius because I think he got a budget from HBO and it allowed him to travel around. So he figured one or two times per episode, I'm going to see where this leads elsewhere in the universe. And, it, and maybe I get a trip to Hawaii or New Orleans out of the deal. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. <laughs> a good setup. Now, you mentioned that you were in the show and that is quite literally uh, the greatest understatement i think in in history <laughs> i would argue genuinely that is that is why this conversation happened to begin with you really are like the 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 i don't know the most colorful character in the show and it's, it's you stole not the colorful. show you stole the show exactly yeah but it's it's um at least from a viewer clearly uh 
you come off as somebody who obviously cares a lot about what you're doing and you're not afraid to be silly or humorous about it. Now, uh, just a little context for the listeners. You, you have, I learned this very recently. You have a very colored history on, uh, Howard Stern and on TLC. You've done a lot of very interesting media appearances and they BBC. all, BBC, there you go. Yeah. Flex on us a little bit. Now. <laughs> all of those, um, all of those are, are, pretty light and light is not a word you would use with um human rights mutilation exactly with gentle mutilation (laughs) or human rights activism exactly (laughs) now do you feel do you feel like you you play into that to a certain extent or do you ever feel like it undercuts um your message or like what you're trying to convey to people no i mean i hate to sound deliberately subversive but the fact is i i don't like when human rights activists are perceived as victims whining about something that, you know, the rest of the universe seems to have just managed to let go. Well, in our case, we feel like the rest of the universe just doesn't know what they're missing, but there are plenty of people in our uh, anti-circumcision movement who will whine about the injustice of it. And there are plenty of people who will scream about the injustice of it. I just feel like there's another audience that needs to reach that's not the one that's going to, I don't know how big the audience of people who will learn anything or accept any ideas from somebody screaming at them really is. I think that's a very small audience. I think there's a much bigger audience that would like to be exposed to an idea and then go do their own research. And I think when something's presented in a lighthearted manner, that is much more likely to reach a wider audience. And it's much more likely to happen because somebody's not being preached to. They're not being told what to think. They're being told a fact and they're being allowed to think what they want about it. And I know for, for instance, some of the people on this zoom call right now (laughs) first perceived what we're about as something that could be only thought of as a snake oil and flim flam and some sort of thing going on, selling people something they don't need. And I know that when people are exposed to the idea that, you know, their genitals were harmed and they don't even know that because they just always thought that all penises have a, a sort of a scar, a circular scar around them. They never really thought about why that's there. And, and when you first expose them to the idea that there's something missing and maybe it was really grand, they, they just can't even accept it. They can't grasp it. They think you're a lunatic. It takes a while. And maybe it took a while for you folks to, to realize that, wait a minute, there are plenty of people who feel like Ron does. And maybe they have a point. Maybe even if circumcision only alters sex, maybe... Maybe if you don't even claim that it degrades sex, but just changes it in some way, maybe an infant should be the one making the decision once they become a rational adult about whether their sex life should be changed. So I don't even claim very often that that circumcision wrecks sex. Okay, if you search that text, you'll find it on my website. But what I really claim is that it alters sex and who the hell should be making a decision about altering somebody's sex life. Is it the parents of that person? Is it the the clergy of that person? Is it the doctor of that person? No, it's that person. It's the owner of the healthy, normal, exquisitely evolved genitals. And anyway, so this is a message that um, it's, uh, it's something that for most people, when they're first exposed to it, it takes a while for it to sink in. And I just love the fact that somebody can tune in to say the Howard Stern show and have no idea what he's going to talk about today. And all of a sudden in comes this guy with a weight on his dick and everybody's laughing up a storm. But at the end of it all, you say, why the hell did he have a weight on his dick? And and it forces you to think that's much better than somebody coming in and saying, I mean, if you know the Howard Stern show, you know, they have this character, Benji Brunk, and he goes out and does, he tries to do John Wilson style art, by just screaming at people he doesn't know on the street. And nobody is accepting Benji's ideas in that context. But <laughs> right. I guess that's that's the humor of it. He looks like a, a bloody lunatic. And I, I don't mind being seen as a bloody lunatic so long as everybody's having fun and nobody gets hurt. But uh, the ideas that I'm putting forward, I feel, are, are sound and, and will be accepted by people who give them enough thought. 
No, at 100%, a, a cursory glance at your website, which we'll link to on Twitter and in the, in the episode description, tlctugger.com is it, it's, it, there's so much info there. You do, you do such an excellent job at compiling, uh, bona fide resources, um, easily verifiable stuff. Um, and in your media appearances too, uh, they, they do range, like we talked about too humorous, but I mean, you do make sure that you chase that humor with, with actual factuals. It's, it's yeah. all easily, like I said, verifiable stuff. So no, I, I, I would hard press anybody listening to this to, to, I mean, if it's funny or humorous, that is all fine and well, but I'd recommend take a look at the website. It is very, very interesting and it's very well organized. Everything you need to, um, I guess, break through that little wall of the chanciness of it is, is all right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the way that, the way that you talk about activism and making it so education forward and that you see it as like this this empathetic thing of understanding people and what it what it means to them to receive this new information is really beautiful as as a way of going forward and educating people and you know i'm just wondering like especially like even with i mean especially with how you uh are on how to i'm wondering like do you think that filmmaking and like a visual appearance is like the best way to educate people in this way. Cause I, I do think it is really interesting how much time you get to literally like show how the device works. The um, episode stops and it allows you to have your, your pulpit and it works. That's why you're like we said, the star of that episode. Yeah. The entire thing stops and it allows you to build yourself up in it. It's structured magnificently. So do you think like, uh, yeah, <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Sum, sum up your question. So yeah, do you think that like the to get that space to educate in a visual way is what helps you best as opposed to, you know, just linking to articles or scientific studies or, you know, audio on a podcast? <laughs> yeah. So obviously all of those things are important resources for people to have when they're in the right frame of mind yeah. for, for that sort of inquiry. And there is a lot available on the internet. Now, when I started actively fighting against infant circumcision was around uh, the year 2000, 2001. And there wasn't a whole lot, but you could tell there was some controversy. There were people who were highly resistant to just the very idea that anybody had a right to complain. And just reading the tone and the, uh, sort of the credibility of the people making that argument, it was pretty quickly realized by me and I think anybody who's really keeping an open mind that they don't have much of a case, that they must have something, uh, some ulterior motive, either defending what was done to them and, and not wanting to accept the harm of what was done to them or defending just the tradition of their family. Maybe their dad was a doctor and he cut thousands of babies and they they, they can't, possibly entertain the notion that he did something bad. Mm -hmm. And I don't even entertain the notion that he did something bad. Uh, he, he probably did what they taught him to do in medical school. Yep. And he thought he was maybe doing even a good thing. Although, you know, was it Upton Sinclair who said, uh, it's hard to convince somebody of an idea that, that hits them in the pocketbook or something to that effect. Right. And, uh, you know, at, at some point when you're a doctor and you, you've seen intact penises, certainly, you know, even in the U.S., a fourth of the adults that a doctor would treat that just come in, you know, just think think about the DMV. It's a cross section of, of the world. Well, so are a doctor's patients for the most part, although obviously a lot of people are privileged to have health care. A lot of people aren't, but um, they see a cross section. And so they're going to see a lot of intact penises come through the door and they know that not all of those people are having trouble with their foreskins. <laughs> read, read letters from the Civil War, right? We know that most of the people alive at the time of the Civil War were not circumcised. And you don't see a letter home, like on a Ken Burns documentary, Dear Winifred, my foreskin attacked me again today. Right. <laughs> and, uh, none of that's going on. Yeah. Most U.S. presidents were intact. And, and so a doctor should know that 
that the, the, the evolved human body does not really require this surgical intervention that they're doing. And that it, it, at the very least, the choice could wait until the patient could weigh in. But uh, anyway, geez, I already forgot the question. <laughs> do, I think that, uh, do I think that these comedic sort of visual things are more effective than, than the uh, sort of the medical studies that you can find archived on the Internet? Well, it's not that they're more effective or less. They're, they're just an adjunct yeah. for the people that are in the, the frame of mind to see that at the moment. Now, I know uh, from my own experience trying to uh, bring people to my business that people who are not looking for this message are highly resistant. They're very hard to penetrate. They're hard to reach. Um, there was a time when I advertised on Chicago radio. Howard Stern was on our local station and that station had a show on Sunday nights called Let's Talk About Sex. All right, I'm going to put together a radio spot that's only 10 seconds. That's a, an ad I can afford. I'm going to run it several times for a few weeks and see if anybody who gets to our website and, and contacts me and inquires indicates that they've heard that ad. And it was zero, zero people. And the, the ad buy was somewhere between $500 and $1,000. So... It would have had to have been infinity times more effective for me to keep advertising like that. Right. And, and similarly, I said, well, let's try print ads. In 2007, I went to Washington, D.C. for a week for something we call Genital Integrity Awareness Week. And we spend a lot of time demonstrating on the, the West Lawn of the U.S. Capitol. And a couple times during that week, we'll march over to the White House and hold our banners out there for the president to see as if anybody's looking out the window of the White House. And um, so during General Integrity Awareness Week, I placed an ad in their local free culture weekly. The one in Chicago is called the Chicago Reader. I don't, I don't even remember what it's called in D.C., but it's the same concept. And it's a thing you pick up for free, usually in a bar or a bodega. And um, my ad said, circumcised? You have no idea what you're missing. In big letters on half the ad. And then the other half of the ad was fine print all about what circumcision takes away, but it was very brief because I, you know, I didn't have a lot of ad space that I could afford. And it just said, you know, you can undo some of the damage and call this number. And, and by the way, join us on the West Lawn of the Capitol this week for genital integrity awareness demonstrations. Anyway, throughout the week, I got one phone call about the ad. And it was a guy who read the headline. You have no idea, no idea what you're missing. He thought, oh, well, maybe I should get circumcised then. Hmm. He completely misunderstood the ad. He wanted to get circumcised. Uh, <laughs> so it's, the one guy who got our ad misinterpreted it and nobody else who read it, <clears throat> if they read it, uh, the message did not resonate enough for them to right. contact me or at least they didn't make themselves known to me. And I mean, I can, I can look and see uh, where the orders are coming in from. And every time I do these ads, they're in one city only. So... Did I see an uptick in Chicago sales when I was on Chicago radio? No. Did I see anything coming in from Washington, D.C. when I was in Washington's paper? No. No. It takes a while for these ideas to sink in. I mean, I first heard about foreskin restoration in 1995 because a guy who'd written a book was on the radio in Chicago talking about his book to a DJ. And so I didn't start restoring my foreskin until six years later, even though the guy made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And I was really persuaded by his ideas, except for at the time, what he was hawking was uh, an approach that was based, it was all do it yourself. He wasn't really selling you a device. He was, he was selling you information in, in the form of this book. Um, but he said, here's what you do. Use uh, like medical tape. This is the kind you buy at the drugstore and then hang a weight or use an elastic strap, like split a pair of suspenders in half. And so you're, you, you tape, the, the tape to your penis and use that to affix a tension source that dangles or, or tugs against one of your other body parts. And anyway, uh. that, just, that just didn't seem like it was for me. And even the DJ said, Oh my God, you know, that guy was fun <laughs> to talk to, but I'm not going to hang a weight on it. Just right. let's, be, let's be real. And the, his, his sidekick said, yeah, couldn't he just wear like a little hat? And so eight years later, I'm offering the little hat in right. 2003 which is what I call the Your Skin Cone. So try and picture this. It's, it's shaped like a lampshade that's about as wide as the head of your penis. 
It's made of soft silicone rubber. You force the skin you've got left to roll forward so it covers the end of your penis. And once you've got the skin bunched up like that over the end of your penis, you pop this rubber cone on there and the skin can't roll back. The skin stays over the glands and it acts like a foreskin immediately. So that's, Mm. we don't call that foreskin restoration because you haven't changed your body except that your glands is going to get more supple and sensitive from being covered all the time. So on the John Wilson show, that's the first thing you see me demonstrate. I'm in a bathroom. Yeah. Dropping my pants and there's the, your skin cone hanging on my penis. So that was really inspired by this interview from 1995, but I didn't, it wasn't a physical reality in 2003. Yeah. Uh, 2003. How, uh, how were you, were you prepared to be able to show like on your own self, how your products work like for John Wilson? When I was first contacted by associate producer, Clark Filio, uh, I was persuaded by Clark that he was aware of the work I do. He was aware of restoration and that the show would be very interested in hearing from me how it works, but maybe even seeing me demonstrate it. So they planted the seed and I said, yeah, of course. I've been on Howard Stern. He's got 10 million viewers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, his, of his, at the time, they had a thing called Howard On Demand. And, and my episode was part of that. So lots of people saw it as well as heard it. Great. So yeah, they, I was prepared to show. And uh, that's what I did. And uh, the showing my, my junk part was the very last thing we filmed. And as, as documentary filmmakers, you'll find this curious. I'm sure I've participated in, I think it's eight documentaries now. Man. And every time the first thing that happens, you know, while they're wiring me up with a, with a mic that I can wear is I'm, I'm reading over a release that I have to sign. Right. You hereby turn over all the rights to everything you do or say for the next hour to us and we can exploit it any way we want, not just on this project, but on anything we can include you in our ads and, and we can stream it online in perpetuity. You know, it's, it's quite extensive. I'm sure uh, what most people agree to without reading any of the fine print at all. And I, that, I don't read the fine print either. I don't care. This message is too important to me to get out. It's not like I'm going to argue about the fine print. Yep. Of course. Anyway, here's the bizarre thing about the John Wilson participation. Um, John entered my home. And a sound operator entered my home. I almost never saw the sound operator because he's wirelessly wirelessly monitoring the situation to make sure there's no glitches that need to be retaken or whatever, but in the other part of the house. And um, the, I believe Nathan and Clark ranking were also present in my driveway. They they never came in the house. Wow. Um, Two people. I think those are the two people were, were in my driveway uh, wirelessly keeping track of what was being shot and sort of maybe with a, with a headpiece, maybe feeding John ideas about what to do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's how you, that how you earn the credit as, you know, director or producer of a show like this. Anyway, getting to my point, the fascinating thing is I did not sign a release until they were wow. out the door. They said, oh, by the way, you need to sign a release, which is, you know, most people who flew all the way to Chicago just mm. to film me, yeah, would secure that first in the event that I got cold feet, right? And decided something you just shot isn't to my liking, and I don't want you to use any of it. And you've spent all this money coming here for nothing because you've got no show. And I have some experience with that happening on a different project. the The Learning Channel had a show called Strange Sex. Yes, and they were in my home for a day, maybe a day and a half. Uh, at one point, when I was doing the talking head part of the thing. I said, you know, yeah, it's it's interesting. I really, the thing that nailed me into a coffin when, in terms of finally making me undertake foreskin restoration myself was an episode in my personal life, Father's Day 2000. And I proceed to describe for the camera the fact that uh, my wife and I had a three-way experience. Said, you know, during that whole evening, you would you would have thought it was the most exhilarating night of my sexual history and yet I never experienced a sexual climax from that whole first night that it happened 
only the next day when it was just my wife and I alone did anything like that happen for me. Well, anyway, so I'm telling the, the filmmaker this story. And my wife was sort of listening from upstairs. And she pulled the, the interviewer aside and said, listen, we got a problem. Our participation with this project is about to slam shut unless you promise me you're not going to use what my husband just said. She had no interest oh. in her her family and, and relatives and friends uh, learning on the learning channel about our three-way sex. And, and so even though we had already signed the release, she's sitting here saying, you know, the participation you had. So you would think an ethical filmmaker would say, oh, I understand. He misspoke. He, he stepped over a line. Let's just, let's delineate what it is we're not going to use. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I, my perception of what happened next was that the interviewer uh, went outside and made some phone calls. Because, you know, as I mentioned, as I alluded, they, they had flown several people to my home. It was a great expense of the production company. And they got something that might be juicy. And they, it seemed to me like they were deciding, can we walk away with just what we have? Should we abandon the whole thing because we don't like to give the interview subject editorial control? Right. Uh, right. Can we, can we screw this guy and his wife and just use, use what he said? It, it, it seemed like they were weighing it from a financial you know, pros and cons kind of thing, not, not an ethical framework at all. God. But nonetheless, um, we, we proceeded after they assured my wife, you know, that, that her expectations would be met and that what she didn't want them to use wouldn't be used. Um, so we, we, we proceeded with another day and a half worth of uh, shoot for that show. So uh, it just struck me when, when John Wilson was in my home that I did all this wacky stuff for him, including performing my song and, and showing my penis and everything else before he ever got anything signed. And um, I'll just say that you might think I could be embarrassed by what John Wilson included in that show. But the fact is, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, my gosh, he's been so much more kind right. than he needed to be. He could have made it one dick joke after another. He could have yeah. focused on me fumbling with the device instead of uh, assuredly taking it on and off myself. He could have focused on the multiple takes we did of the song where I'm like, no, no, wait, let me start again. I'll go back to the chorus. Uh, uh, no, this is how it goes. Oh, I, I screwed up that line. Let me sing that again. He could have focused on me singing the other song. You know, I've written several songs. He could have focused on the other song where I was sort of posed at a, a mic, you know, with a windscreen kind of looking all professional, uh, just singing to a track and, and how goofy I might have looked, you know, people singing right. to a track never look good. But, <laughs> um, and and the, he, he could have chosen to use my audio without the track underlaid so that I sounded really dry and right. embarrassed because my voice isn't that great to start with. There's lots of things that I was prepared for. I was not prepared for how warm hearted and, and kind the represent representation of me turned out to be and how just endearing the whole show is. And just the, the monumental amount of work that must go into it. I don't know. I mean, obviously the series uh, was green lighted, sometime in early 2019, right? They went to the 2019 spring break. Yep. Yeah. For, for uh, how to make small talk. So this thing had been going on for a long time. How they knew that furniture was going to lead them to penises. And when yeah, they made that it's choice, incredible. I'm just, I'm just stymied by the thought of it. Um, but clearly he had something in his mind and knew what was in his archives of, of footage. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it could have gone all sorts of other ways. I just uh, am really impressed with his, yeah, their you know their work and their. I call it writing. I mean, a documentary yeah. has writers. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> no, the 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 it it makes. I know it makes me and Vince really happy to hear that about John Wilson. Like for sure, and that whole there's team. A, yes, yeah, <laughs> that whole team. There's a there's there's definitely a a a movement within. I think small scale 
smaller scale documentary filmmaking now. And uh, we recorded an interview um, last week with a, a, a friend who's a, who's also an independent filmmaker. He, he just completed a, a, a concert film. Um, and he was talking about very similarly to what you're saying about John Wilson. And I think in line with what me and Vincent believe when we're directing a project is like, you you come in with a very loose set of plans and then your subject is going to dictate what happens and, yeah. and how it happens. There's no use in planting uh, a, a massive like rigmarole over somebody who doesn't even know what they're getting into, frankly. Um, so you, you want to have that equal footing with your subject. And I, that makes me so happy that he did that. Absolutely. And it also makes me so upset, honestly, that TLC did that because I'd, I'd recommend you guys watch the clip. It is, I found it, honestly upsetting uh before you even mentioned anything um there's like there's recreation in it there's if you don't mind me bringing that up i i hope so not you're talking there's... about the learning channels strange sex strange sex show yeah. and i was featured in season two it originally aired as the pilot episode oh wow they were so excited, you know about uh, the pilot of season two i should say the pilot okay, of okay. season two gotcha. um uh, and then later, when it was available for streaming, they made it episode three for some reason. But um, yeah, I, I was really tickled with the chance to participate with those guys. They found me because at the time I had the largest foreskin restoration user forum mm. online, a bulletin board system. Gotcha. Talking about, and they contacted me as the manager of that bulletin board and said, who do you think on your bulletin board ought to be our interview subject? I said, go right here, mate. <laughs> and, uh, had, a, had a, a pretty good experience other than that kind of weird reaction to my wife wishing yeah. something not to be included in the show. But uh, would you, geez, with that. can I ask, would you like us to cut that out? No. Okay. Just making sure. For sure. <laughs> You're <very kind>. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I was, I was, there's, um, but there's like in that segment, not to harp on it, to put a pin on it. They, oh, so they, you can find that segment, by the way, on tlctugger.com. Under my menu, you'll find uh, media gallery, or if you just go tlctugger.com slash media, I have a page of our appearances, including the learning channel. So you can go look at it there. So obviously they, they did a lot wrong, uh, is, is what I'm getting at, but what, you what at they... found a lot to be wrong with it. Yeah. There, there is a lot to be wrong with it. Yeah. Um, we... I mean, I, the only thing I found wrong with it was that they called their show strange sex that they wanted me to be part of that because I don't feel that what we do is strange. I know that circumcision is strange, but you know, as I alluded to earlier, I don't really care in what context you, you receive me so long as it allows you to maybe have a conversation about right. perhaps of forced genital cutting. And then you, you, you take it where your brain leads you. And very few people are led to a more solid footing for, you know, yes, circumcision is the right way to go. It almost always leads the other direction. <laughs> Right, of course, of course, yeah. The 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 evidence is abundant almost immediately, um, or I guess the case for it is well, almost immediately. You know, there are certain people, maybe even on this Zoom call, who had a different opinion when they first saw. Buddy, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I definitely did not. I, I say this to somebody who uh, actually, I'll tell you this, Mister Lau. I have a friend uh, who is named Rohan, uh, who has uh, in the past <laughs> asked his mother why she made a very specific choice about his body. And uh, lo and behold, she does not know why. Um, so, no, I, 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 I would like to push against that a bit. I, I never once, truthfully, thought of you as, as a snake oil salesman. Definitely no. not. Um, Didn't you use the words snake oil salesman? Not in the slightest. If I did, it was a refutation of it. Almost certainly. <laughs> I'm, no, I swear the episode of your show that I was listening to earlier today had somebody who sounded just like you saying, <laughs> oh, charlatan, no, snake that, oil salesman. No, that was Rohan Jucker, not not Johan Jucker. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, if it... If it was, I'll, I'll, I, if it, if that is the case, I apologize. But no, in, in any conversation that me and Vincent have had in earnest about it, it was a you being a, a colorful character in a documentary that presents you in an even footing, and then obviously like giving people, I guess like myself, I definitely wasn't completely opposed to it. I do push back a, a little bit on just body stuff because it freaks me out. But that's a personal thing. Um, sure. But no, I mean, I, I'm 
I'd be remiss if I did not mention like your case for it is extremely, extremely valid. Yes. Like extremely valid. So uh, how, how did you come away from the learning channel thing when you saw it? What, what, what 100% disgusted. Um, I can run, I'll run through them real quick. Obviously, like you said, the titling of strange sex is ridiculous and very like pornographic, even though that's not at all what they're doing. It's meant to be enlightening and not, not at all like that. Um, I don't like reenactments in documentary and they had you doing a lot of that. And that makes me uncomfortable because I know if you're, I am, right. for example, there's a, a scene in there where I'm measuring my progress. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the camera is positioned down by my ankles. It is the worst. And, it is so unflattering. sir. <laughs> yeah. It's unflattering, but yeah, it, it's clear. Nobody is really measuring their progress with a camera by their ankles without being aware of that camera. Exactly. So I, 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 I take your point. And then they, they sort of wanted to see me like logging that reading that I was measuring oh, in a book and having a sort of a facial reaction like, uh-huh. Well, oh, yeah. It makes you look like Rick, Rick <laughs> exactly. from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or something. Like, it is the most unflattering thing. Yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't happy with the idea of enacting that sort of stuff. But it, I, I believe it did convey what foreskin restorers go through is, you know, you don't know whether you're making progress unless you track your progress. So that is part of it. I was okay with it being depicted as part of it. I, I, I wasn't tickled with the way I came off as a, a corny actor. It's, it's not good. The, and it's not you. It is the manner in which they're packaging you. And then on top of that, I guess the other, the thir third thing that comes to mind is that the soundtrack that they have for you is something out of like an Adam Sandler movie. It's like a very, womp, 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 womp. The, it's, we're, it's like, we're getting into the difference between like documentary filmmaking and reality TV. And it's reality right. TV is so far from reality in a in an yeah. entirely different way that's so manipulative it it sucks at, at the time uh tlc was still known as the learning channel by the way <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I think they've completely abandoned that they're just tlc three letters that yeah mean whatever you want them to. yeah totally I mean, legit and credible <laughs> the first time i ever became aware of the learning channel was in like the 80s and it was literally a cable channel that showed open heart surgery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actual medical doctors to learn and refine their techniques. Yes. Yeah. So they have come a long way. Now they it's have, just yeah. 90 Day Fiance and let's watch these people ruin their lives with each other. It, yeah. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> now, yeah, that with John Wilson where everything does appear to be, you know, as he found it. Um, right. There's one thing I would say about the John Wilson uh, our, our part of his his episode. One of the better laughs in it is when I say, hey, who wants some grapefruit soda? Yeah. And, and it's sad because I didn't feel like that was ever going to be part of the show. I thought we were taking a break. Right. <laughs> offering, I said, I need, to, I need to wet my whistle here. I'm doing a lot of talking. And I'm offering John and the sound guy and anybody in the area some, something to drink. Yeah. And um, so I say, hey, who wants the grapefruit soda? And if you haven't seen it, what happens next is the camera pivots, no cut, over to another room in the house just off the kitchen where somebody who looks like my wife or my daughter is just whiling away the time on her iPhone, looking yeah. completely bored, if not embarrassed. Yeah. And she doesn't want any grapefruit soda, and she doesn't appear to want to have anything to do with this. Let me out of this family. Let me out of this life is what you might think. Right. I'm going to spoil something for you. And I'm going to accuse John Wilson of taking something out of context and letting it, letting you think that. But what in fact, the reality of that moment was uh, it, it was my production manager who is 40 years old and not my daughter and not my wife. And she <laughs> was sitting there because we said, leave your desk free go someplace else don't sit at your desk because we might want to film in there so mm -hmm. she was basically banished from doing her job right. and she was just killing time and she was trying to she didn't want to be on tv she was right. i said do you want to be participating in this she says no i, I really don't have any interest in, in anybody seeing my face so it just means it, it is a funny shot in the yeah. movie 
everybody gets to perceive that there's people in the house that are like, oh my God, this penis guy is so embarrassing that he's in my family. I can't get rid of him. But uh, I'm okay with it because it makes for an entertaining show. Now, right. did John Wilson say, by the way, who was that that we included in our shot that was so right. bloody hilarious? No, he didn't ask. He, he he turned off his curiosity, I think, willfully not wanting to know that there was a, an innocent explanation, perhaps. But anyway, it, I love it. I, you know, they obviously, they, they, whatever they shot, I never dreamed would be as good as, as what they presented on, on screen. Yeah. Was, um, well, that's actually a good place if we start to round it out here. It was, um, was John Wilson or anybody in the crew, were they in contact with you after filming yeah. or did you get to see anything before it aired or anything? Not in the slightest. Wow. I, I'm sure they didn't need, my opinion stinking up the atmosphere. They, they know what they're doing. Sure. And um, I really, you know, I, I didn't even get any, um, any insight into when the show might actually start. My first uh, hint that it was going to come on was like an HBO promo that I saw while I was waiting for Bill Maher show to start. Mm-hmm. Right. And in fact, um, when it first aired, I didn't know it had aired. Mm. Um, on my episode aired, I didn't know it had aired because I didn't know which episode it was going to be. Right. When I saw that the show was coming on, I ran right to Wikipedia and IMDb to see what was up about the specific episodes to try and figure out where I fit in. And I figured it would be how to erect scaffolding. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it didn't turn out to be. So my, my episode airs. I don't know what I'm on. A, I'm traveling. I'm not busy watching TV. I'm traveling, taking my daughter to a thing. And um, I hear from a friend of mine who tapes the Bill Maher show every week. And he's he's pulling up in the TiVo. Beep, beep, beep. Where's Bill Maher? Okay, he clicks play. And he hears my song playing over the right. end credits of the previous show, not knowing what that show was. He's like, that sounds like Ron's song. I've heard Ron's song. That sounds like Ron's voice singing Ron's song. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Uh-huh. So his first exposure to me being on national TV was he happened upon me on national TV, which was really fun. Um, but I then I saw it several days later. Actually, we were still on our trip when we uh, pulled out our laptop and hooked it to the hotel room TV, TV by HDMI to watch the episode together as a family. Oh, <laughs> including wow. my daughter who everybody thought was the daughter in the scene who my, this actual daughter is not in the scene but anyway right. so she gets she's nothing's gonna surprise her she's seen it all now with this business being in her house so it, it really it would have made a funny afterthought to the to the episode to, <laughs> to show us in a hotel room watching me with my dick and balls all over the place that's funny <laughs> um but anyway we laughed i mean they laughed as hard as i did and you, know, you would think they would be mortified Oh my God, Ron, they made, they embarrassed you. No, none of us feel that way at all. We feel like they got our message out. They, they, they gave us the privilege of reaching an engaged audience. That's just having a laugh or, or enjoying sort of the poetic uh, visuals and, and what a treat. So yeah, the, the family watched it together after all. And uh, do you, have you noticed an uptick in, I guess a interest or I guess just interest um, in, in TLC Tugger and your website from John Wilson specifically, because your interactions on your Twitter account are really, really frequent with people who just casually mention it. Right. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, Because I was on HBO, I suddenly care about Twitter. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Normally I only tweet once or twice a month when something, you know, news comes out about circumcision, you know, a new study out of South Africa or uh, somebody mentions them on a sitcom or something, I'll tweet about it. But uh, because I was on HBO, I, I've been spending some time I should be spending sleeping, uh, <laughs> going, going over Twitter and searching for keywords like foreskin guy or penis pulley mm. and, and finding the people who are discussing this and giving them a chance to be exposed to me further because <laughs> Frankly, this cause is really important to me. And if, if I can help more people not see it as a joke, but to say this really is a person, there really are hundreds of thousands of men who wish they weren't circumcised. I'm going to exploit that every way I can. So a lot of people who um, 
just thought they were enjoying a TV show. Suddenly we're interacting with the person on the TV show, you know, yeah. through no fault of their own, just because they, they mentioned uh, furniture covers in their tweet and I found them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what has happened as a result is I suppose we may have more customers for TLC Tugger foreskin restoration devices. It's hard to say. And, and as I've said, I think earlier today, it, it takes a while for this harm to sink in and be appreciated by the harmed person. 100%. So if it took six months or five years for the person who enjoyed this show to finally decide to restore, I wouldn't be surprised. There's always that lag. Yeah. So I have not seen concrete evidence that people are buying devices. We have seen a couple people say, I'm, I'm, I'm requesting a gift certificate because I want my husband to have this and I want it to be prepaid. So he can't say no, he has to, oh, sort wow. of, he knows it's a fun cost. So why not do it? Smart. A couple things like that. So clearly some people have found us and have pulled the trigger already because of the TV show. But here's the shocking thing. We offer TLC Tuggle, TLC Tugger merch in the form of uh, t-shirts and, and tote bags and the and t-shirts mugs. rock. Yeah, they rock. The t-shirts they're rock. They're all designed by me. So, uh, hey. <laughs> we, um, I, I had no idea. So I, I talked to my friend Tony, who's the other foreskin advocate in the episode. The first time I talked to him after the thing aired, he goes, yeah, and we've sold dozens of shirts since the episode aired. It, shirts are going out the door like, you know, gangbusters. And I said, really? I haven't noticed any change in shirts. See, I don't really sell shirts. I put designs for shirts on a service called Zazzle.com. Of course. Zazzle yeah, yeah. sells shirts. And when a shirt is sold, a couple bucks comes back to me because I was the designer who made that shirt so attractive that somebody bought it from Zazzle. But Zazzle shirts are very expensive. You have to really want a shirt that mm. says foreskin for the win or foreskin feels really good for you to pull the trigger on the shirt. Well, here's what's happened. Shirt sales are through the roof. Amazing. And, and and mugs and and everything. So I'm I'm actually a little nervous because I don't know who's wearing these shirts and what they're doing while right. wearing the shirts. Yeah. So for example, there there are places on the internet that I never go and never will go. Reddit is a thing I never never do. Yeah. Now my buddy yeah. saw the TV show and he said, "Here's what they're saying about you on Reddit." And I looked for about twenty seconds. But anyway, there's Reddit. There's 4chan, 8chan, nope. you know, so who knows who saw this show. Now, here's the thing that, that scares the living hell out of me. What if some people saw this show and decided, oh, well, since, since, uh, now I'm not talking for myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a hypothetical other person right now. I'm a, I'm a good white supremacist anti-Semite. So why don't I get a, anti-circumcision shirt and right. why all my friends get shirts. And then when we see each other from a distance in a crowd, it's a way to signify. It's a way to know whose team we're on. Right. So it just <clears throat> scares the daylights out of me that maybe these shirt sales are people who aren't in league with our ideas of uh, everybody has a right to an intact body, but are instead in league with the accidental coincidence offshoot of our idea, which is, gee, if we can only suppress circumcising, then we can really stick it to the Muslims and stick it to the Jews. Right. That's a, that's yeah. a scary, scary notion There's, for me. Uh, for one thing, yeah, 20% of the people you would meet if you were hanging out with me at, say, the Capitol or at our last conference in San Francisco, 20% of the people who travel at great personal expense to demonstrate against circumcision, to learn more about how to be effective advocates for infants' rights. One in five of those people is from a Jewish family. Jews are among us. And the thought that anything I did could lead to an offense against those friends of mine would just kill me. So that's what I worry about, the uptick in t-shirt sales. Yeah, <laughs> But I think right. it's probably just fans of John Wilson and fans of documentaries, you know, like you guys are, who said, yeah. here's a show and it doesn't have merch, but this is like merch for that show because people will, will see it if, if they're 
if they follow the show closely, they'll see it and they'll recognize, or we can have a conversation when we ever get to go to bars again right. about, uh, about what that TLC tugger was, how wacky that segment was or whatever. It's just a way to, to have an outlandish thing on a shirt. Hopefully that's who's buying the shirts. I, I, I I'm talking to you, white supremacists. If you're buying my shirts for that reason, fuck off. Don't yeah. buy them. Don't wear them. How dare you? Fuck off. And you if, you're, if you're listening to this show, go fuck yourself. Literally like, kill you yourself. Doing? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're a white supremacist who's really, really into the films of Frederick Wiseman. That's yeah. Fascinating. You're um, a ridiculous no, person. I mean, yeah. You, you've got you've to gotta also hope, and I, I, I guess I say this is something that I have to tell myself sometimes too, as people who make things and as people who are often prominent with the things that they make, you've got to hope that your voice and the way you present it and package certain information is going to be stronger than the way than that anybody can mis- misconstrue it, if yeah. that makes sense. If you, if you just put yeah. something out there, if you set it and forget it, and then you walk away from it, and then you, know, you come back to it 10 years later, and suddenly the drawing you did of a little frog is now you know, used for hate speech or anything like that. Exactly. Like, that's different. But if you're, you're very active with your activism, no pun intended. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. I, I think you'll, I hope you'll be okay. I hope truthfully. so too. Well, and I appreciate you even saying that to, to get that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, somebody who knows who said it, maybe it was Eleanor Roosevelt or Nietzsche or something, but somebody once said, may you live your life such that when the worst is, is printed about you, no one will believe it. Of course. Yeah. You, that you, is how I live my life. I, there, there is not such a thing, you know, I'm an atheist, but there is not such a thing as a private moment for me. Every, every place I go, everything I do, whether it's just me alone or me and the dog, you know, I'm, I'm not leaving dog shit on, on, in somebody's yard just because nobody's looking. I live my life so that I assume everybody's always looking and every act of mine will be on the front page of this, the newspaper and that I'll be proud of that act. And, and so it, it does bother me that somebody could take a message I launched and take it in a direction I don't like, but I, I, I agree with you. I feel like enough of what I do is public in my yeah. own voice right. that, that the chance for that misconstruing is, is pretty low. Well, I, I would hope so. Yeah. Can, can I ask one more question real, real quick? Sure. Okay. So I, I, this is, I'd be I'd be mistaken if I didn't ask you this. Now you you you, you mentioned Parasite. You watched Parasite on the uh, <laughs> uh, at at the time of that filming, and you were you were very hot on that movie. Um, is anything speaking to you from this past year? Uh, I know it's been our quarantine year, and yeah. we haven't been able to go to the movie theaters and stuff like that, and it's been slim pickings. But have you seen anything that spoke to you in the same way that Parasite did? So you're suggesting that I should launch a podcast called balls out reviews or something like that where, where everybody wants to know what I think about movies just because my dick is attached to a pulley. You can do dick um, plus pod. That would be awesome. Pod. Um, you know, I, I've seen a lot uh, of interesting things because you can't help but spend a lot of time during these quarantine times uh, consuming media. Yeah. Yep. But mostly what I consume is current events stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I have a list a mile long. I have to watch every single Colbert, every single Jimmy Kimmel, every single Daily Show, every single Conan. As long as he's going to keep up, I, I hear you might yes. be stopping. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, a list a mile long of things I just have to keep up just because, including uh, like fifteen hours a week of Howard Stern. So I, <laughs> luckily, the work I do making these devices, there's plenty of hours of the day where I can whistle while I work and also consume media. Right. But um, my family doesn't always want to hear those same shows. So during family hour, we do watch movies. Can I remember a single movie I've seen? Um, I mean, right before we went into quarantine, I saw something in the theater. I think it might have been uh, Academy Award nominated shorts just presented as a package. But yep. um, so but mostly if I had a choice, I'm, I'm usually watching documentaries. I love civil rights documentaries because I'm a civil rights activist and I always get so weepy about um, stuff that depicts the, the civil rights era of the, of the late 60s and the mm-hmm. struggle for black people to get their civil rights. And it just it's so 
heartbreaking to think of the people that gave so much that, you know, took a bus ride to the middle of the deep South and watched their bus burn. It's like, where the hell do I go? And now I got no bus. I got no luggage. Somebody did that and they were just so much braver than I'll ever be and all pursuing making us a better nation. And we are a better nation. And, and, and people like John Lewis, who, who first came on my radar about a dozen years ago, and I've just seen one documentary after another since then about John Lewis and, and his, I mean, he's, if we ever needed a Jesus, the one we needed was John Lewis. <laughs> and, um, and so I would say the best thing I saw in the, in the quarantine times was good trouble about John right. Lewis and get in the way about John Lewis. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, hell, just a couple nights ago, we watched the new movie with, uh, what's that actress from, uh, safety, not guaranteed. She was on, uh, Oh, black bear. Did you watch black bear? Black bear. We watched bear? black bear. Is it good? I mean, no. I don't know what it is. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's beautiful, careful filmmaking which wow. always is enough for me if, if they if they do a good job and they care about their product yeah I, i'll watch it. but in terms of what they're telling me i don't know what they've told me <laughs> if you yeah. like it go go for it if, if you like her you should go for it because i i love her i love I her safety too. Not guaranteed and I, i've been a huge fan ever since we uh, we we missed that one at Sundance uh, this past year, but yeah, maybe maybe we'll give it a nice little year end watch. So it, year yeah, Black, Black Bear is well received at film festivals, is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah uh, Black Bear had a, a pretty solid, uh, and then they, they I mean they swung that into getting a distribution and stuff. So I mean, yeah. people are watching it. You yeah. Know? yeah. So. Well, if I if I really had to make a, a movie recommendation, it's uh, American Circumcision, which is now on Prime. Because oh, I hey. did it, yep. so hey, so go for that. It's a really, it's a really well-made documentary by a guy who really cares about his work, and he had a good year and a half run on Netflix, but now you can see it on Prime, and you can buy it on a few places like you know Vimeo and YouTube. But that's that's a good show. So if you want to really get deep into what the anti-circumcision movement is about and why people are against it, watch that documentary. He even includes even includes uh, victims of female genital cutting. Mm. who are for female genital cutting. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So this thing is balanced, doesn't touch it. It is completely, it covers the gamut of, of all opinions on, on genital cutting, but you'll come away with, you know, your own thoughts, hopefully uh, aligning with mine, which is that informed adults should be allowed to decide for themselves about amputations of normal body parts. All right. right on. Um, yeah. Well, we thank you so much for you. giving us your time. Uh, putting up with our questions and whatnot. Uh, we're glad to let you speak and put you on any, you know, our own platform. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to plug? Are there any organizations that you love that do good work in your field that you want to give a, a platform to? Well, how very kind. And and just uh, as we sum up here, let me just say it's it's been a pleasure to meet you guys and watch your transformation from accusing me of being a snake oil salesman to <laughs> being willing to talk about these ideas. That, that uh, was so, Rohan Tucker. That was a different, different so the plug would be, of course, TLC Tugger foreskin restoration devices. Tugger has two Gs. Undo your circumcision for better sex. But also, my friend Tony that you saw in the How To episode, his charity is intaction.org. I-N-T-action.org. Okay. And he uses the money very well. I think, you know, that truck is probably 90% money out of his pocket, but he'll take your money and he'll put it to good use and enhance his truck and increase his PR outreach and, and print some more leaflets. So that's the guy. If you really want to get behind this cause and you're stuck in your house due to quarantine and can't go out and protest like I do all the time. Um, and just uh, other than that, you know, like I say, go, go watch American Circumcision on Prime or buy it for five bucks on one of the other streaming platforms gosh, if, if you want to help make the world a better place for future generations, I think one of the places you start is by welcoming people with peace to be among us. And that starts with not cutting parts off their bodies. So I think it makes the world a better place for future generations if we can end forced genital cutting. So that's, that's the main 
thing I have to say, and that's what got me into this. That's what got me into restoring my foreskin. I was an activist before I was a restorer, before, and I was a restorer before I was a device maker, but I never stopped being an activist. You'll see me at at least four different pride parades every year. I sponsor floats in those because it's a great place to get out our message that you can't shock the audience at a, at a pride parade. So when you hand them a, a leaflet about fixing your penis, they're just happy to have it. Um, so anyway, yeah, all I can say is what motivates me to, to participate in, in something like your, your podcast is uh, it's the chance to get out the message that informed adults can decide for themselves. And I, I very much appreciate the fact that you've let me say that so many times and just, it's been a pleasure to meet you and, uh, and, I hope you have some fun with this topic. Uh, I don't know if you take uh, user mail or something in subsequent episodes, but it'd be, it'd be certainly curious. I'll, I'll be following you to see what people might have to say about it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. We're excited. Uh, that, that's going to be, uh, that's, I think, what our end of the year is going to look like. We're going to try and have a little back and forth with people who have been listening the last couple of months. So Yeah. Um, thank you for, for spoiling that, frankly. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. Um, yeah. So you can follow Ron Lau on uh, on Twitter at TLC Tugger. Uh, his website, like you mentioned, if we haven't mentioned it a million times, we'll do it one more time. It is uh, TLCTugger.com, Tugger with two Gs. Um, you can follow uh, me at underscore Ruckerish, Vincent at VP Briscoe, and you can follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter at DocPlusPod. Um, Ron, we thank you once again, sir. All right. A real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.